do 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 donut box yeah welcome to the donut box where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about my name is joseph ashton and i will be guiding you through these episodes as we discuss body image diet culture growth adulting and everything else in between I've actually been wanting to start a podcast for a while now, but I've always felt like it wasn't the right time. But let's be real. For any major project, there's never going to be a right time. You got to just do it. And here we are doing it, even though we're afraid and we're scared, but it's okay because we're going to learn about people together and also learn about how to make this the best podcast as possible which makes our first episode perfect because we are going to be talking to somebody who has gone through that same journey of not being prepared and then diving into something, figuring out and finding herself along the way. So I hope you're excited for this episode because I am too. So let's unbox that story. All right. Hello, everybody. Again, today we are joined by someone I've been following for a bit now. I started following her because I saw one of her videos on TikTok and I just loved her style. I also love how she talks about her self-growth from feeling confident in her body to challenging herself outside of her comfort zone or box since we're in the donut box. Also, she talks about how she's starting to learn to drive. So that was really fun for me to see on your your stories. But she's a free freelance model and a content creator, let's welcome Mia France Jellica. Hi, Mia! Hello! I am so honored to be invited to your podcast. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so nervous, but oh my gosh, this is the first time we're talking and it's like straight up recorded. Like, So, all right, you're a freelance model, right? And you're also a content creator, which is amazing. I know that it takes a lot of confidence and thick skin to put yourself out there. Right. And so I wanted to ask you, how how did you get into like freelance modeling, content creating? How did it start for you? It started with a workshop that my friend made me go to. So I had no plans of going, but it's it's the classic case of I'll go if you go. So she's (laughs) like, I'm going, so go with me. And I actually went for personality development because I was a very, very shy person. So I don't, I did not have the courage to talk to people, to dress the way I want. So I thought, you know what, maybe I need this. And when I got there, that's when I realized that, oh wait, this is a childhood dream. I do want to be a model. I just never allowed myself to Mm -hmm. have that dream because, because of how I look. I do not look like the models that I saw on TV. And I thought maybe that's just, you know, a, just a random dream that people have, but never really happens. But I was there and it was happening. So that's when I realized, I guess I can do this. Maybe I can. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. You, what you said, where it's like, you didn't allow yourself to even think about it at that time and then when you you actually did it like changed completely um when was this like how how much pre-pandemic was this i think 2019 i think mm, okay I so it's close to the close to the pandemic so like you were getting your confidence and then lockdown <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love that right so you started the workshop and then 
how did it come to like how did you start going on TikTok? What type of content did you realize you wanted to post? Things like that. I started making content like halfway through the pandemic. So I saw a post from Preview that they were looking for content creators. Oh, so okay. to be part of the preview click. And I was full of self-doubt at that time. And I saw the post literally one day before the deadline. So oh. I thought, like, do, do I go for it? Do, I, do okay. I even try? And I mean, I didn't have much equipment or experience, but at the last moment, I posted my entry like um, 11 p.m. The deadline was 12. <laughs> so I, I just went for it. And I don't know how it happened, but someone watched the video and they talked to me, interviewed me, and I got in. So I, I started a TikTok. Um, I started mm -hmm. posting more frequently on Instagram because of it. Everything just fell into place. Wow. And I'm really amazed how it all just happened. Yeah, I feel like that's if you need a sign, like that is the most sign you will get with like one day deadline left. And then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> might as well. And I think a lot of the things in our life are the ones we we don't give as much thought to that actually end up becoming this like huge win for us when you don't like overthink it. And you're just like, you know what, I'll do it. And it just becomes go for it. Yeah, it just becomes this magical story. You know, so what what's it like to be a freelance model, especially now in like the pandemic at first it was difficult because i had this mindset that i needed an agency i mm. thought that i was not capable of marketing myself because as a freelancer you do everything yeah. you take care of you you find your work you market yourself you negotiate the rates and all of that mm -hmm. so i started to believe in myself I could do this. I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And I actually enjoy being a freelancer because I get a say in what I do. Yes. I get to choose what I want to do. And I'm learning to say no to opportunities that don't um don't align with me. So mm -hmm. that that has really helped me. I feel like I feel in charge of my career as a freelancer and it's it's really it's a great feeling. That's that's really powerful what you said. It's like you're choosing what aligns with you. I think because in the current structure that we have right now, right, especially with growing content creators everywhere, it's so hard to be or to think that you have a choice because it feels like I should just get it because it's available. Right? I'll just do it. I'll just do it. So it, it's so hard to kind of find your ground where you just accept things because you're like this might be the only time or all of those things so i love that you mentioned how you're looking for things that align with you i wanted to ask as well did you notice a shift in your job opportunities over time like the type of jobs you would get the type of work or type of modeling gigs you would get was there a shift in that for you i think the shift happened when i changed my mindset so when I started modeling, I always felt like I owed them. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I felt like a diversity hire. Mm -hmm. Like, I was there to make them uh, have, to make them feel like they're an inclusive brand. Like, I have to say thank you to them for even thinking about hiring a model with a different body type. So most of the time, I felt like I was lucky to be there. 
I, I thought mm-hmm. very low of myself and I didn't value my work. So I would take anything that was given to me. And then when I started to see my own value, like, oh, I, I am working hard. I do have something to offer. I'm not just a diversity hire. So that's when the opportunities changed because I learned to say no to free work. And mm-hmm. I, I know how to demand for fair compensation. I, I know now like what I want to do and it's okay to say no. And then that's when I got better opportunities because I, I now know how to filter um, what uh, really works well for me and my personality as well. Yes, I, I love how you mentioned the diversity hire one, because I think that's something that we also don't tackle a lot. It's kind of this question of, are brands doing this, like being inclusive for the quote-unquote clout, or are they being more inclusive because they're finally being more inclusive, right? We're kind of in that like, and we're not so sure or kind of thing like how did you how do you notice or how do you see the difference from the brands that you work with where you know that 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 brand is doing it because they want to be inclusive versus where you see hmm, i think you're just hiring me because of how i look and you want to have that 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 you know you want to be acceptable in a sense um honestly i have been to a few photo shoots where i was not comfortable because Mm -hmm. it was very obvious that they did not know how to work with a model of a bigger size. Mm -hmm. And I I try to remain as composed as I can. Sometimes they still go on with these comments like, you know, you're really beautiful for a, for a, for a, they can't finish Mm -hmm. the sentence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Mm -hmm. can't finish it. They just, you're really beautiful. And I know that they don't normally say that because the models that they work with are standard sizes. Mm-hmm. So now that they have someone with a different body, they don't really know how to mm-hmm. react or how to even um, communicate. Um, they try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some brands really try. We need more exposure. That's one step na kasi eh. So it's, it's one good step. And I believe that with time, they will actually include uh, bigger sizes, not just for the cloud. But because they actually believe that they they actually believe in inclusivity, that it's yes. time to it's time to welcome everyone like for real, not just a few select sizes. Yes, I love that line to welcome everybody like for real, like actually welcome them, not just because, you know, you're supposed to, but actually you know, want to welcome them. Like there's a difference between wanting to welcome somebody and welcoming them because you don't want to get bashed for not doing that anymore. But then there's a line, of course, in that sense. But yes. let's step into like what you mentioned of like aligning yourself to the things, you know, to the opportunities. Right now, what are things that make you know that this is for you? What do you look for in that type of like partnership? Whenever I am deciding for an, an opportunity, I make sure that it is something that won't cost me to abandon myself. Ooh. I will not compromise my beliefs. So an, an example of this is I have been offered collabs um, by uh, weight loss supplements. Ooh, so far, three, <laughs> three different brands. Mm-hmm. And... It was funny because their email says that 
we think you're a great fit for our brand. <laughs> if they really mm -hmm. checked my account, if they looked at my content, they would know. Mm -hmm. Like I am the opposite of everything you're trying to sell. And I mean, the money would be great, but I, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. I, it feels so wrong to, to endorse something that I, I would not take. I would not drink these. Mm -hmm. And I don't want, they, you know, have you noticed that weight loss supplements have actually changed their marketing style? Yes. Like, yes. Self-love and mm -hmm. they started to adapt that. But because you love yourself, you have to, well, I can't. Quote, unquote, take care of yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. And, and like, I just want to connect to what you said, where it's like, I get those messages too from like brands, like, yeah, you know, uh, we want to help people take care of themselves. And then it's like a laxative. And then it's like an appetite suppressant. And I'm just like, girl, like, you did not look at my Instagram. <laughs> you did not see it. You were just contacting me because you saw me. So it's like, that's, that's so interesting. Cause like, same, but okay. So I want to tap into something you mentioned a while ago, which was um, you didn't feel like you were allowed to have those opportunities, like to be a model. You didn't feel like you were supposed uh -huh. to or allowed to. So I want to go into yes. like, how how was your journey growing up from from hating your body maybe before to like your confidence now? How, how did that happen for you? How was your relationship with food growing up? Well, I was exposed to diet culture very early on. Mm -hmm. I remember being 12 and reading books on different fad diets. Like, I know so mm -hmm. much kinds of diets because as a kid, I was very, very fixated. Like, yeah. oh, maybe this is the diet that will change my life. Maybe this one will work and then I'll look beautiful now. I had this fixation because everyone around me, really, the adults, they mm -hmm. kept on reinforcing this idea yeah. that you will be successful if you look this way. So yes. if you lose weight, you will finally get everything that you want. And that's so wrong. But as a kid, I didn't know that it wasn't true. I, I mm -hmm. believed them. And my grandmother would always tell me I would only find love if I lost weight. Mm -hmm. That made such a huge impact because... I really thought I would never be lovable because yeah. of the way I look. And it destroyed my self-confidence, really. And then just that, my mind was just filled up with all of those things. And very, very toxic. Very toxic. And I also developed this fear of eating in front of other people mm -hmm. because they always comment. If you're eating yes. too much, you're eating too little, you're eating again. Can't win. So, yeah, if I wanted to eat, I have to hide yeah. just so I can eat in peace without no one judging me. And honestly, until now, I still prefer to eat alone out of fear. Oh. It, it really affected a lot. And I only understood how toxic my childhood was when I got older. And I'm not blaming my parents for anything because yeah. I know that they were also suffering. They have really bad eating habits. Like our whole family would would just decide to skip meals oh. just because we were bored. 
So no one eats today. Okay. And then later at night, we'd all be like reaching for junk food and ice cream and random food because we were hungry from not eating a proper meal. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the whole family learned to live off of that weird, um, not weird actually, unhealthy. That, that That's like such yes. a, a big commonality that I noticed from a lot of Filipino families is it always starts there and I think it's very part of the Filipino culture in general where it starts with the comments on every single thing that's happening and now you're super duper self-conscious to connect to what you said of being afraid to eat in front of people I had that experience as well in college where there was this one time I would go to the bathroom and I would eat my food there because I was like I don't want anybody to see me and it's just so interesting that we had like that similar experience, even having such different lives, right? We have like that connection, which is unfortunately diet culture. When did you realize that these things that were you were doing or that was happening was like unhealthy? Um, so as I got older, I became aware of my own habits. Like uh, I was really, I was like my mind was opened. To, oh wait maybe this is not healthy maybe the things that we're eating things that we're practicing the habits we have it's not good um i became exposed to like good information like finally learning about um proper nutrition learning about how bad laxative teas are ultimately it was just causing more harm and Reading up, you know what? At first, I actually rejected it. I did not want to believe that it was bad. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I thought you. that I needed it. <laughs> I thought I needed it. Um, I had to open my mind and, and be aware that this is wrong. This is, I do not want to live this way. Mm -hmm. And if I want to have a better life, I need to make conscious changes. So... That's that's when I realized that I have to do better. This is not the kind of life I want. Donut break! Put the filling, put the frosting, let's go! Let's get to know our guests a little bit more with a quick round of fire questions, each one with a different flavor. So Mia, I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Our first question is, what is your favorite thing about yourself and why? My favorite thing about myself is my mind. I think I have a beautiful mind. I used to be overwhelmed by anxious thoughts. I lived inside my head for a very long time. I love that now that I'm older, I'm able to recognize my patterns, work on healing, and fortify my mind. I love how much I understand myself now. How would you describe your style in three words? My style in three words is colorful, fun, and feminine. I absolutely love color blocking. What's your favorite comfort food? My comfort food changes from time to time, although for the longest time, it was milk and cookies. I love, love cold cookies and warm milk. And the most important question of them all, what is your favorite donut flavor? My favorite donut flavor is choco butternut, a classic. Ooh, okay, my favorite donut is like a plain glazed one or the chocolate with sprinkles. I mean, those are just mm, perfection. They are really the ones that hit the spot. 
Yes, I, I, I feel you so much when you say that parang like, it, you rejected it in that sense of, you know, um, okay, maybe they don't have to do it, but I do, or kind of something like yeah. that, right? And I can just relate so much to your story. I'm just like, oh my God, we're... Ah! <laughs> but I also kind of want to tap into what you mentioned, right? Of going to that moment where you realize this is not good for me. Like, this is unhealthy. I'm holding on to these things. Do you have a specific instance where, let's say, the biggest aha moment for you happened in your relationship with food and your body? Learning about intuitive eating. So it was just a term I heard on TikTok. She was talking about intuitive eating. I'm like, what is that? So you you listen to your body. Like, how? You eat when you're hungry. If you want to eat the chocolate, you eat the chocolate because that's not wrong. I mean, your cravings, it's it's not evil to have cravings. Because it, it was always framed like if you have cravings for food, it's bad. That you should always control your, your everything. But the more I tried to control, the more I would spiral out. Because yes. I have a problem with binge eating. And I saw content about uh, recovery. I saw other people going through it and it made me realize that this is something I don't want anymore and I need to mm-hmm. make a change. And learning about intuitive eating and just, just letting myself be, that helped me. That, that was a start of me listening to my body. That one meal is not going to make me fat. I was so afraid of eating. Yes. But now I know that that one thing is not going to destroy everything for you. Just, just let yourself live. Just, yes. just eat it. And then just uh, listen and learn and grow from that moment. That has really helped me a lot now. I, I love the line of like, let yourself live. I think that's like the most important thing that we have to remember nowadays, where it's like, sure, you can restrict yourself. Sure, you can aim for weight loss always in your life. but you have to ask yourself if you're actually living as well, right? And I love how you mentioned that seeing other people's stories kind of allowed you to realize that it wasn't necessarily the best thing. Um, it, it's that thing where you see yourself and other yeah. people and then you're like, wait, that's, that's not necessarily, that's not actually good, right? And then you, you start to reflect on that. Um, okay, so you're, you've seen intuitive eating, you're working on intuitive eating, and you're you're slowly figuring your your binge eating all of these things coming together how did you start this journey in the household that you are in like how did you break away from that noise when it's so close to you i first had to accept that i can't change my parents (laughs) i can't teach them or i can't even talk to them about these things because they're not willing to listen. I needed mm-hmm. to make peace that I can't do anything about it. The only thing I could really do was just change the cycle, make sure that yeah. it stops yeah. with me. And as much as possible, I have to stay true to what I believe in. And so my mom watches videos on the diets mm-hmm. and the food that mm-hmm. is not allowed, bad food and things. It triggers me, so I leave yeah. the room. Oh, okay. And I want to tell her that it's bad, but 
I can't. <laughs> I I can't. It it wouldn't do anything. So I I all I have to do is just live my life. And the only thing I can do something about is my siblings as well. So I have a brother and sister. Okay. They're both younger than me. I always encourage them to eat properly. Mm-hmm. And when my mom is commenting about their bodies and the food that they're eating, um, I always talk to them when she is when she leaves, because I want to make sure that both of my siblings um, get uh, make better relationship with food. Yes. that's all I can do really, mm-hmm. and so I try important. to protect my peace <laughs> as much as I can, and just this is my life. Yeah, I just want to go back to like what you mentioned of you know when you get triggered and things like that because this is what a lot of my clients also struggle with when when we talk or people who message me on instagram it's like how do you work on your relationship with food when everybody around you is dieting and everyone around you is doing these things but i think that's one of the biggest struggles right now because it's so normalized to be dieting to be restricting yourself that the journey to recovery or healing your relationship with food feels so wrong and it's so easy to just slip back into your usual routine because everybody else is doing it right and like you mentioned it's like setting boundaries is so important if you see something it's triggering you then step away because that's that's um you have to protect your peace like you mentioned right and i also love how you how you talked about trying to do that for your siblings because one of the biggest inspirations we can also have is if you want to have kids, it's how will your kids view this type of like behavior and the way you talk to yourself, they will will take that with you. But the same way with your siblings, it's like, do we want them to feel the same way that we do or have felt in that relationship with food? Because I also have a younger sister and when she was in high school, she was exposed to a lot of that. And it was only recently where she opened up about that and was like, oh, wow, I didn't even notice that she was going through that because I was also so caught up in my own journey, right? So, you know, so how would you describe your relationship with food now? Like after all of that healing, that recovery, where do you feel like you're at right now? I'm aware that I still need a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like um, my, one of the things that is difficult to uh, to recover from is the weird eating patterns. Um, because y- yun nga, um, I don't cook as much, so I eat what my what my family makes, and sometimes they just don't want to make food for today. So oh, no eating mm-hmm. for today. <laughs> so I have to be able to make my own food and to make sure that I eat on time, that I don't I don't copy what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I feel more um, confident in myself like in the way I'm eating because um there is no guilt. I, I always yes. check in so um when I'm eating, am I full? Am I am I good? Uh do I want more? If you want more it's okay because the amount of food that you eat every day is different. Yes. So I've come to accept that some days I'm more hungry and it's okay. I don't have to eat the same amount of food every day. Mm-hmm. And like small changes um won't really affect me or ruin me i mean you know your limits you trust yourself you're not falling off the wagon you're just living it's okay to do this to eat this it's okay so the more i allow myself the more i trust myself i do feel like 
I can actually do this. I'm I'm just living and eating and working out and nothing to the extremes. Yes. I found a norm. I found the normal level for me. And there are more ways for improvement. Like I should really get in more uh, vegetables mm-hmm. and I should get in like more sources of nutrients. But so far, I can say that I'm way better off now. I don't, uh, I don't feel guilty. I think that's the biggest change. Which is the goal and not just like guilty for eating, but guilty for like allowing yourself to live is also the biggest thing and like going back to what you mentioned of you're not falling off the wagon i think that's one of the biggest lessons i also had to learn where it's like if there's no wagon to fall off of then you don't have to you don't have to reset you don't have to restart and that's also one of the biggest things in your journey where it's like it doesn't have to be a constant restart it's just a constant learning process with yourself which i want to connect to because in your posts now right you're working out and you also mention and talk about how your mindset for working out has changed so how did it change from before to now and how do you get yourself to work out now before whenever i would work out i saw it as like a magical way of changing my life that Mm -hmm. you're gonna work out you're gonna be hot and then you're gonna get what you want in life so i was always focused on this idea that work out look good make life better and of course that was my motivation was just to look good it didn't last because I, cause I, I'd reach a point where like, why do you want to look good? You, you're fine. That's okay. You don't have to do this. Now, my, like my only goal is, uh, to be stronger, and I'm no longer chasing a look. Before I thought that if I worked out, I would get more jobs. There was a moment in my career where I thought like, maybe if you change your body, you would get hired more. Maybe this brand didn't choose you because you weren't this size. So I was chasing after something. I had, I, I, I still believe that maybe if I changed my body, I would be more successful. That's a real problem for me in the beginning because modeling, yeah, everything is focused on the body and the face. That was a crisis for me. And multiple times I just worked out um, with a body, uh, with a body goal, like be yeah. this, you have to be this, to get this. And now is the only time that I actually just said, you know what? I, I don't want to look like anything. I actually don't care what I look like. All I care about is lifting. I'm no longer monitoring my weight, but I'm monitoring the weight that I'm lifting. So mm-hmm. yes. how, 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 strong. how much stronger am I? Today? Yes. <laughs> like, how much reps can I do today? And is my posture good? Is my form good? Is am I, am I doing am I doing this right? Like I'm no longer worried about will this make my arms smaller? I don't think about it anymore. I'm just like this is fun. Yes, I like what I'm doing. Okay, and I feel stronger. I do feel stronger. It has helped me so much with my daily activities, and that's that's a really really good change because. Yes. I'm, it's just part of my life now. It's, it is a nice lifestyle now. Which is great. And like the thing that we want, right? To like find that place where we enjoy our lifestyle and enjoy what we're doing. I want to connect though to what you mentioned because that was like a really interesting thing. 
you mentioned how you are working on healing your relationship with food, but you also kind of have to look at yourself a lot because you are a model, right? Like that's like a really big thing. How how did you go through that? Like how did how did you navigate that where it's it because you know there's one part of body neutrality, body acceptance where you have to see yourself as you you see your body as just like your body and it's okay. But how do you work through that when you know that your job also is highly dependent on your body? Now that you've mentioned it, it it is it's kind of weird actually mm-hmm. how I found peace and still working in this industry, working well, and I I found peace in both worlds. So the biggest thing I think is that I stopped commenting on other people's bodies. When mm-hmm. I stopped commenting on their bodies, I stopped commenting on mine. Okay. When I stopped looking for these things on other people, I stopped seeing it on my own. So the less I judge others, the less I judge myself. Oh. So whenever I look in the mirror, I no longer see the things I used to see. And I just became less judgmental of myself. So not weighing myself really helps. I don't know what my weight is and I'm okay with that. Uh, because weight was a really huge trigger for me before. Yeah, my worth was very dependent on my weight, mm-hmm. and that really messed up my mind a lot. It really messed up everything. So now I don't monitor my weight, so I don't really know if anything is changing. And I do stare at myself in the mirror a lot, but I don't see I don't see those kind of th- things anymore. Whenever I see other people, I always look for something beautiful in them. Oh, look, their eyes, oh, their energy, oh, their style. The more I did that, the more I did it to myself as well. Mm, So I do look at the mirror a lot, but I I don't see the same things anymore. I learned how to value myself and its Mm self-worth. And I think I look beyond appearance now. I, I value myself beyond my appearance. So... I don't really care as much of of what I look. It's mm-hmm. always about how I feel. I, I love that because I think one of the biggest reasons or one of the biggest things we do is judge people out of projection of how we feel about ourselves. And it can go the other way around. It can be you stop judging yourself and then you stop judging others or you stop judging others and then you stop judging yourself. Like whichever one you feel starts for you as long as you get to that point where you feel you know, like where you like you mentioned, where you value yourself, which is so important, so hard to do, but our goal is of course to get there. And just by you mentioning that, I think it's the perfect way to kind of um cap off this episode because of how powerful that word was of like how to value yourself. So wow, okay, there's so many things to unpack and to uh to reflect on with all of the things that you shared. So thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Um before we go, is there anything else you want to share to everybody? Where can they follow you, catch you, see you, um, learn from you more? Go ahead. So I post a lot about my journey on my Instagram and my TikTok. So it's at Mia Francelica. And um I'm very I try to be as vulnerable as I can with my journey. So there's a lot of crying <laughs> and there's a lot of sharing and I'm really happy to be able to connect to people. And for once, I am not afraid to show 
what I really am going through. It yes. may be difficult. It may be ugly, but I'm really ready to share um, what I go through and the things that I learn to everyone. Thank you, Mia. Guys, follow Mia so you can learn more and you know just just get her energy because she she is like she's so cute and she's she's just so energetic and bubbly and I I love her so much. Okay, so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you again, Mia, for coming over to this episode. I hope that it was helpful for anyone and everyone. And I, we we all hope that you learn to value yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> thank. Thank you. Thank you so much as well. And that is the first episode of The Donut Box. We did it, you guys. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous the whole time, but we made it through. And honestly, I'm so thankful to Mia for coming here for this episode. I loved how she was so willing to share about her experiences because I think one of the things we miss out on social media is seeing the person behind the posts, behind the photos, behind the outfits and all of those things. And I'm just so happy that she was willing to share that because it made me feel like I wasn't alone. But most importantly, it gave me a different perspective of something that we usually don't see. And when you're trapped in your own box all day, all you see and hear and think are your own words. But hearing somebody else go through a journey maybe similar to yours in any sense just gives you that little boost of motivation to know that it's going to be okay and, and we're all working through something. So thank you so much, Mia, and thank you all for being part of this episode as well. If you guys want to hear more and learn more about other people's stories and open up the box of donuts that we have here, then please don't forget to follow the donut box. There will definitely be more episodes to come, and I'm so excited for that. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at it's Joe Sebastian or my YouTube channel, Joe Sebastian, for more content as you wait. But also let me know on those social platforms what you want to see and who you want to hear the stories of, because I'm so excited to unbox more stories and donuts for you guys. The Donut Box is produced by Anima Podcasts, so please follow them as well so you can get more updates and also just more content in general. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and I hope to see you and hear you on the next episode until then don't forget you always deserve to eat donuts and other food as well <laughs> bye